0: We are closing out our series called Thankful Hearts. This is the second and final message in that series. The title of my sermon is, I will bless the Lord at all times. It's the opening verse of Psalm 34 that we're going to be exploring this afternoon. But as we go on this journey, I want to start with a question. Are you so filled with the joy of the Lord that it impacts and influences every person that you encounter. That's my first question. My second question for us this afternoon is, how do you respond to the challenges, the circumstances, and the trials that you find in your life? Is it something that you allow to dominate and control your life? Or do you choose to anchor yourself in the promises of God? Do you choose to trust God, take Him at His word, and see victory and breakthrough in every area of your life. And my goal and my prayer that as we journey through this time together today, that we would discover and learn from David's heart, who's widely accepted as having written Psalm 34. And as a result of all that we discover, the goal is to subsequently shift our thinking, pull down our presuppositions, and crucially, change the outlook on how we navigate the challenges that may be emerging or even present in our lives. Essentially, friends, the overarching question for us today, irrespective of the trials and challenges that you find yourself in, is can you posture and position your heart the way David did in Psalm 34? So let's read Psalm 34, it's verses one through eight. I'm reading the ESV. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord, let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good." Blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord. Praise God. Now, it's, as I mentioned, it's widely accepted that David wrote the entirety of this psalm and the context you can find in, in 1 Samuel, but essentially, he fears that he's about to be executed. So he takes a moment and pretends to be insane in front of Abimelech. And it actually works against the odds, he's released. David realized in that moment that God had protected him. He makes his escape quickly and quietly. Once he is comfortable that he is sufficiently safe from the Philistines and Saul, he takes time to express his heart and his thanks to God. So let's be clear. This is a Psalm of thanksgiving and deliverance. He shares his testimony and conveys an incredibly open and vulnerable heart in all that he has experienced and been through. He is essentially capturing all that God has done for him. And therefore, the authenticity of this psalm cannot be lost on us. Its magnitude, its power cannot be ignored in our hearts and our lives. I've deliberately chosen the first eight verses as they fall into two distinct categories. Verses one to three highlights David's desire to testify, to give a testimony of what God has done in his life. Verses four through eight ultimately are the reasons for that testimony. So let's unpack these verses together. He starts the psalm with praise and with thanksgiving. I will, not I shall, I will bless the Lord. So he is saying very clearly, irrespective of my circumstances, I am going to give praise and honour to God. David does not take one moment in wasting any time, he gets straight out. There's no idle chit chat, there's no preamble, no introduction, he's straight out the gate being very, very clear with what is in his heart. The praise that David is speaking about here is not passive, it's not optional, it's not flimsy in any way. It's birthed out of an intentional, honest, ongoing conviction and commitment in his heart to glorify the name of the Lord in a forward focused manner. It's costly. It's continuous. There's no lapses, there's no pauses, there's no breaks in his heart in the expression of the thanks and praise. Simply put, David has set the bar very, very high for us today and that shouldn't surprise us because in many, many areas we know that David ultimately is known in the scriptures as a man after God's own heart. Can we say the same today, friends? Now, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you're going through. But I anticipate that you might sit here and think, well, this remains or or, or presents itself as, as, as a possibility of the optimal or the ideal response, Scott. And yeah, you know, that's great. But you know, life happens. Yes, I'm very, very conscious of that. But it makes it all the more costly. It makes it all the more authentic when you can find ways to praise God, even in trying circumstances. The circumstances of our lives, whatever you're going through, have the power and the potential to dilute and erode the power of God in our lives. It can erode our enthusiasm for God. The goal today is not to let it. Amen. Now, perhaps you're watching today, you're feeling lonely, you're grieving the loss of a loved one, you're angry because situations in life are not going the way that you want them to. A question Is his praise continually in your mouth just now? Possibly, probably not. But I can assure you of this. It can become your portion today, but much will depend on who and what we choose to focus on. Because when things go wrong, when situations in our life seem to overwhelm us, when the breakthroughs that we are fervently praying for aren't emerging in our lives, we can lose hope. That is a simple reality. And then when we lose hope, we lose impetus. We lose conviction in pursuing Christ and our walk. And that fuels ultimately a shift in our focus, in our thinking. And we start to look inwards. We start to look to ourselves. We begin to orientate our heart and our thinking around perhaps our perceived failures, Our most acute sources of pain, the most embarrassing moments of shame, the moments in life where we didn't give God honor, the moments in life where God didn't get all the glory, and then we start to focus inward. But we need to start focusing upward. That's a word for us today. We need to stop focusing inward and start focusing upward. The other alternative, of course, is the blame game blame anyone but ourselves. We'll blame God, we'll blame the people that we work with, the friends, the family members, blame anyone but ourselves. And I I had a very, very good at that in my younger years. Nobody has a record better than me in that. It was always anyone and everyone but me. Praise God he delivered me from it. But let's remember this afternoon that David was human. He was fallible and fragile just like you and I, which means that David's struggles, the emotions, the thoughts, the circumstances, the things that he went through are probably quite similar to the things that we find ourselves going through. Maybe this year being the year of the unprecedented challenges, but yet victory can still be ours. So, how did David win? Well, here's a thought how should we praise God? Has our praise and worship been confined to the margins of Sunday mornings? No, David is very clear. Bless the Lord at all times, which means in every season, in every moment, in every circumstance, God is worthy of all of our praise, all of our adoration, all of our thanks, all of our honor, everything. He's worthy all the time. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, does God's level of praise and adoration that we want to express to him fluctuate according to what he is or isn't doing in our lives, according to what is or isn't happening? Do we find ourselves maybe diminishing or diluting our appetite to praise God when things aren't going quite so well? That's not what God is calling us to do. Is it something that you struggle with in your own life? Do you only find yourself giving God glory, giving God thanks when things are going well. We've just celebrated a wonderful Thanksgiving service on Wednesday where we had almost an hour and we could have gone on and on, over an hour of testimony after testimony of KT members right the way through the network, all acknowledging and affirming the goodness, the faithfulness, the provision, the protection, and the love of God operating in every part of their lives. So what are you carrying today? Are you carrying a testimony? Or are you allowing the doubt to creep in? Because David is very clear here. He's completely convicted and convinced of God's sovereignty, God's protection, and God's provision. At this point, there is no doubt in his mind. He's very, very clear. He advances his initial thought by stating that praise would quote continually. Now, perhaps your translation says always, ESV says, continually be on my lips. That is irrevocable evidence for us that consistency is a mandatory requirement for our praise to God. As I've said, it's so easy to praise God when things are going well. But what about when things aren't? Does our heart attitude shift? Do things become distorted due to circumstances. We've got to learn to move beyond the fleeting feelings and the moments of emotion and ground ourselves in the promises of God. He promises to never leave or forsake us, which means that we have to filter out everything and anything that contradicts the word of God over your life. And friends, unfortunately, that might be a little bit painful, a little bit uncomfortable, And a little bit challenging for us because what we often find is we find comfort in the lowest common denominator. We find comfort in a little bit of self pity and a little bit of allowing ourselves to feel sorry for ourselves. But if we want to grow in our Christian journey, if we want to grow in our Christian faith, then God is going to have to stretch us. God is going to have to take us beyond the realms of our own feelings. He's going to take us out of our comfort zones. He's going to have to stretch our faith. He's going to have to enlarge our heart. He's going to have to demonstrate his power in our lives. And then we have to choose only one of two things, praise and thanksgiving, or we wallow in the self-pity in our lives. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, well, you know, Scott, actually, you know, David is giving all this honor and praise to God after deliverance from his circumstances. Sure, fair point, no question. But Paul cultivates continual praise as well. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 16 to 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, Paul, actually, that's listed in the scriptures there as some of the, quote, final instructions from Paul in that chapter, which would actually elevate and highlight the importance of it. Or Ephesians 5, verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to cultivate a heart attitude of celebration and cherishing and praising and thanking God for all that he's done in our lives. It's going to require our ongoing attention and efforts, which means that we have to train our mind, we have to train our heart to give thanks in all circumstances. Ask yourself the question, when was the last time that you truly praised God to the extent and to the example that David gives us here? It's got to become an overflow of what God has done in our hearts. What's in our hearts has to flood out. The Bible speaks so clearly. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. What are you speaking over your life today? What are you declaring about God's goodness in your life today? I encourage you, take one moment today to write down something that you can give thanks and honour to God for in your life. Don't go to God with your usual demands, your list of expectations, and expect him to move in power but simply surrender afresh, recognize his lordship, relinquish your right to have control over any or every part of your life. And I believe you will start to celebrate and recognize the faithfulness and the goodness of God in your life. It's thankfulness has got to become a heart lifestyle that we adopt and we exhibit. And in in America, in the United States of America, it's something they take one day every year just for Thanksgiving. And they usually, it's the family get together. They celebrate life. They celebrate what God has done in their homes. They celebrate everything that God has afforded and extended to them. Just one day out of 365 days in the year. I think that David wants us to go far beyond one day that we orientate our Thanksgiving around. It should be each day and every day. It cannot be something that's simply relegated to the margins of special events or significant moments in our life or Christian journey. It has to encompass and saturate every part of our daily lives. And then we will be able to move forward into breakthrough and into victory. But then David goes further. He encourages other people to listen, particularly those that are weak, those that are are, are challenged in that moment. What is the net result? Corporate worship starts to emerge because everyone now has the invitation and the access to give God praise. This means that what started as one's man's praise has now become a corporate gathering for praise and glory to God. Verse three, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. When you magnify something, you increase its influence and its impact. You enlarge its capacity and its territory. We should always affiliate greatness with the name of the Lord. Because when you exalt something or someone, you're lifting it high. You're elevating it to the highest possible place in your life with no exceptions. Can you say the same today, friends? Are you elevating the name of the Lord to the highest place in your heart and in your life? Ultimately, we don't have the capacity as humans to lift God any higher than he all Ready is. We don't have the scope. We don't have the ability. We don't have the power, but there is something that we can do. We can testify. We can elevate his name. We can gloriously and consistently testify to his protection and his deliverance. Now, the big question we have to ask ourselves is, why is David communicating this? Well, only one reason, friends. God moved in his life. Amen. Does God want to move in your life? Yes. Do you believe it? Well, that's up to you. Whether you believe it or not doesn't alter or diminish whether God wants to move in your life. But sometimes we have to get out of our own way and let God be God in our lives. And so now David ultimately presents his testimony. Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Let us not lose sight of the simplicity and yet the profound sense of victory that David is now demonstrating. It's quite a simple remedy, actually, for us as Christians to grasp today. David sought the Lord. Nobody else is listed. David didn't seek the Lord and five or six other people. No, David just sought the Lord. Wow. That's the key our breakthrough. That's the key to our victory today, seeking the Lord. There's no ambiguity, there's no uncertainty attached to what David is saying here. But the Lord didn't just answer David, he delivered him. Outstanding, that is our God-appointed portion, that God will answer us and God will deliver us in the name of Jesus Christ. The question is, do we believe it? Because this is both available and accessible to us, But your breakthrough, your victory, your testimony is predicated on one thing and only one thing. I sought the Lord. Now more than ever, I believe that that's something for us as Christians we need to do. We need to get back into that secret place. We need to get on our face and cry out and seek God like never before in our lives. We need to inquire of him. We need to develop those honest and intimate moments where our heart connects with the Father's heart. And we need, we need that heavenly download from God's heart to ours today. So whatever you're going through today, let me encourage you. Look upwards, not inwards in your life. Because the danger for us as Christians is that the starting position in our lives shifts when challenges happen. We move from God dependence to trusting in self, me, myself, and I. Why does that happen? And I have been guilty. It's possible that in those moments that we trust more in ourselves than we think, and we don't trust God as much as we think, or we say that we do. So it's something that we need to shift and change in our minds. Now, how do we seek the Lord? Simply his word and prayer. God is always speaking. We are not always listening. Now, if you're a parent here watching today, you'll understand that when you shout at your children, clean your room, selective hearing is engaged by your children. They don't hear that. But when you say, dinner's ready, oh, they're there. They're there. Selective hearing. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to take full control in our lives. God's word has to become illuminated afresh in our hearts. Then we will start to remember and acknowledge that God is sovereign, that he is always faithful. He is always good. He is always for you. He is always with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And as a result of that, we will rise above and beyond our circumstances and we will triumph over every trial. But here's another thought for us. Psalm 46, verse 10a. Be still and know that I am God. Perhaps you're a bit like me on occasions, thinking and believing that somehow you have to make a contribution to your own victory and breakthrough. Well, some breaking news for you today. You cannot make any quantifiable contribution to your breakthrough and your victory, because if you could, then you're taking some of God's glory and God will always get all of the glory. And so we need to relinquish our sense of control. We need to surrender that attitude that we can develop that somehow we have something to offer. We've got to get out of our own way and give God the space that he needs to move. Because as you seek the Lord and you look at him, you get a fresh appearance. Verse five tells us that we become radiant. There's a light, there's something fresh developing in our lives. Now David demonstrated that his soul, trust and confidence was rooted in God. Nothing and no one else. God had shown himself faithful. And it's in those moments that we have that personal and profound experience of what the Lord does in protecting each and every one of us in our lives. And therefore we can embrace verse 8, the final verse of our text together this afternoon. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is an invitation for us, friends, to trust afresh in God, to experience his provision and his trustworthiness. Now that we've acquired and we've accessed our breakthrough and our victory, we are positioned to fulfill verse 8 in all its fullness. Praising and thanking God in the middle of our circumstances is not easy, but it is Let verse 8 be a reminder for you today that God is always good. You might not think that there is light at the end of your tunnel. You might think that all is lost. You might think that 2020 has been the worst year on record. That there is somehow no way out of your predicament. Trust me, there is. When we seek the Lord, when we rest in Him, when we choose to be still before Him, and we praise Him, breakthrough is our portion. And so these verses are so important for us today. David had taken, God had taken David on a journey of growth, maturity in his walk with him. A fresh landscape was being built in David's heart of what God can do in the life of a man whose heart was fully surrendered to him. And I anticipate the same is true For some of us today, God is stretching you. He's causing you to lean into him a little bit more. He's teaching and equipping you to trust only in him. And he is inviting you to take refuge in him. And do you know the result of this? God came through. God delivered on his promises. And that is your God-appointed portion today. The question is, do we want to accept it or do we want to reject it? And at this point, David is so expectant, so overwhelmed by all that God has done in his life, he basically can't shut up. He will not be quiet. He is steadfast. He's determined in proclaiming what God has done in his life. And he then invites others to do the same, to develop the trust that he himself has attained in that moment. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I challenge you this week, to choose to intentionally step out in faith. Allow God to stretch you. Allow your trust to be deepened. Take him at his word. Remove all the presuppositions, all the barriers, all the strongholds of the mind that limit or block or distort what God wants to do. And so in conclusion, what have we ultimately learned today? That God is good, the Lord is faithful, that he will always redeem and retrieve and support a life of someone who is fully surrendered to serving him diligently. For some of us, we need fresh perspective for our circumstances. We need to be provoked and stirred up afresh to have a heart like David's, to open our mouth, to express genuine thanks to God because we are created for this corporate worship and glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But that said, with some final thoughts, we do need to do some exploring and some examining in our hearts. Where is your heart today? Who or what is your heart ultimately trusting in? We need to possess a clean heart, a godly attitude, and that cannot be underestimated in our lives. Conclusive and compelling are the two words that describe David's heart in what he writes to us here in Psalm 34. Irrespective of his challenges, he chooses to love God. We need to have that same boldness, that same appetite, that same courage, and that same confidence today. His story should affirm us and encourage us. It's an absorbing story of God's faithfulness, of the flourishing outworking of God's goodness in every part of our lives. And we need to recognize that God is in the mundane and the monotonous, but he's also in the milestone moments, the majestic manifestations of his glory in every single part of our lives. He is omnipotent and omnipresent. And because of this friends, we need to discover that fresh joy. We need to embrace that victory. We need to enforce the victory that Jesus gave us at Calvary. And I believe as we do that, we will be able to testify and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen and amen.